0: Hey everyone. My name is Dan Lewis, and this is Brainstorm 911 the podcast, where we will explore topics and research related to the 911 industry, such as training, call taking, dispatching, and personal well-being. For more information, visit brainstorm911.com and click on the podcast link at the top of the page. So here we go. My headset is on and my mic is hot. Let's get started. This is episode one, welcome to wherever you are, but how did you get here? Hi everybody, I'm Dan, and this is the first episode of Brainstorm 911, the podcast. Today, I wanna give you a little background on how I started in the 911 industry, where I'm at now, and why I'm starting this podcast. But first, I wanna start off by saying thank you for everything that you do. This Sunday starts National Public Safety Telecommunicator Week, and each year, public safety agencies, their governing institutions, their communities, and fellow public safety personnel take a few days to try and recognize the incredible work of those working in the industry. Most responses to emergency incidents in the United States start with a phone call, and the heroes answering those calls and dispatching field responders sometimes go unnoticed. I do believe that the National Public Safety Telecommunicator Week is an important one, but last week one of my friends posted on social media that if you have to have a week dedicated to recognizing personnel working in a specific field, then those personnel are probably underpaid, overworked, and stressed beyond belief. It's not an easy situation for anyone involved. Shift work is normal, night shift can be brutal, and holidays with family are missed, and those can never be replaced. But every day, almost 100,000 dedicated public safety telecommunicators go to work and do their best to keep our communities safe, one call at a time. On the bright side, many states are taking the initiative to pass legislation changing the classification of public safety telecommunicators from clerical staff to first responders or protective services personnel. This is great news for many as it accurately identifies the important work that's being done and in some cases makes telecommunicators eligible for more benefits such as high risk retirement calculations. The problem is that the federal government has largely ignored the issue and as recently as this year refused to make the change nationally. It would have been an amendment to the Defense Authorization Act. So going forward, the best way to make sure this change happens is contact your representatives. Become involved in your local and state chapters of both APCO and NINA, and write letters to any of the representatives in your state and federal government. Next week is still your week to shine but for those of you in leadership positions, recognition for your personnel should be occurring on a daily basis. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to recognize your people. Make it a habit and stick with it. So on to the topic for episode one. Welcome to wherever you are, but how did you get here? I started in the 911 industry about 19 years ago. I had worked in retail for many years. I became frustrated with how corporations were running the retail industry and the turnover rate that was occurring due to low pay and low benefits. And I ended up walking off of my last retail job. I was unemployed for about three months and in late 2002 I saw an ad for 911 Public Safety Telecommunicator One at our local 911 agency in Alabama. So I applied and went through the interview process. My reasonings were number one, I didn't have a job. Number two, the pay was fairly good, but the benefits were great. We had fully paid insurance, two weeks vacation a year, uh, sick time and state retirement. So the benefits were really one of the draws that got me into the industry. I can say that 19 years later, I haven't looked back. I'm not with that agency anymore but it is a great agency and I will always cherish my six years working there. But there wasn't really any other extenuating factors as to why I started working in 911. I talk to people all the time in the industry all across the country and they talk about their desire to help others and uh, they want to do good things uh, in helping the 911 callers. Well, all of that's true and I learned that as I went along but I didn't know that when I started. Uh, When I started it was a job and that's one thing I want to point out today we hear every day you know what you're doing is very important and and the calls that are coming in are the emergencies that people have in their lives and it may be the only time they've ever dialed 911. So everything you do is critical and providing a high level of service is very important that's very true but it's also okay that if the reason you're working in this field is that you need a job and it has great benefits. It's also okay that you want to help people and you want to help responders in the field or you're interested in law enforcement, fire, and EMS. All of your reasons for working in this field are perfect for you. Don't let anybody tell you that your reason for doing this job is wrong. If it's money, Then that's your reason you have to pay your bills feed your family Uh, if it's vacation time you know if you accrue vacation over uh, the years and it increases you know if that's one of the reasons that you're working in this field that's perfectly fine don't let anyone judge you on why you're doing the job that you do because if you're doing it professionally you're doing it the right way doing it the way that you're trained then it's perfectly valid to your experience For me, I started out and it was a job, and I took the time and learned the job. I had some great trainers, some great supervisors, uh, great administrative staff, and they helped me along the way to learn this job. They also gave me a a love for the industry. So looking back 19 years ago, I never dreamed that I would have a career that lasted this long. Uh, Previous to working in 911, the longest I'd ever held a job was five years and it, it was not something that I thought was possible. You know, um, I wanted the different jobs, I wanted different experiences, but now I have a career. And that's something else I wanna to touch on as well. Um, some people say, well, this is just a job, and that's fine. If you look at the 911 industry as just a job, it's perfectly okay, but it's also a profession. It is a professional job, and you should take pride in the work that you do, if you want to, uh, because you are saving lives and you're helping keep the community safe. So on to where I'm at now, Uh, 19 years later, I'm a supervisor in a fairly busy uh, 911 communication center in Central Florida. Um, I'm enjoying my work. There are frustrations with it as with everywhere else, Uh, but I have good benefits, I have good pay, and I have a good career outlook. Um so I'm happy with where I am at and but I always want to continue learning. Uh so that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast. There are many great podcasts out there. And over the next few episodes I'm going to be making some recommendations for public safety communications podcasts. And I hope you take the time to listen to some of these people because they are very knowledgeable especially on the technical and legislative side of the industry and they have an ability to communicate information much better than I can, that's for sure. Um, But I wanted to talk from the frontline perspective, whether it's a frontline personnel answering the calls and dispatching, a supervisor in the room, or the immediate personnel who supervise uh, the entire rooms, directors, uh, chiefs, whatever the position title may be. I want to look at the industry from the inside out and discuss some of the things that we go through, uh, such as actual call taking, the protocols that we use, uh, policy building, training. Uh, I'm very big into training, and you know, that's gonna take a, a good amount of the time on this podcast. So the next episode, uh, I w- I'm going to be discussing my training uh, with my first agency and how that developed me into a call taker and how I think my training and experience in my second agency, which is where I'm at now, made me a good dispatcher. Uh, two totally different things, but both of my jobs have added to my experience and my knowledge. Uh, I don't expect the podcast to run very long every, every episode. I uh, hope to have a new episode out every couple of weeks. But for now, 10 to 15 minutes in length is what you should expect if you tune in. I'm grateful if anybody listens. Uh, And I appreciate you taking the time uh, to drop in today. So where I'm at today and where I'm going, uh, you know, who knows what the industry may bring. Uh, There's so much going on in the world today. But being the Friday before National Public Safety Telecommunicator Week, I wanted to go ahead and publish this podcast because if anybody out there is listening, I want you to know that it is a very important week. You know, I am grateful for the work that everyone does in the nine one one industry. You don't get enough thanks, you don't get enough praise, you don't get enough recognition. I know that's not why most of us do this job, but it is nice to hear sometimes. For this being the first episode, it's fairly short, but I wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up on what's to come. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen today. Um, Next episode, like I said, I'm going to be talking about the training process. And that will be out in probably just about a week. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you dropping in. For links to all of our social media pages, the Brainstorm 911 learning portal, and more information about me, visit Brainstorm911.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.